leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC with Steve Allen. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC. Good morning. I'm Steve Allen. Coming up here on LBC, you can hear some of my best bits of my early breakfast show this week. I'm here every weekday from 4 till 6.30 and on Sunday from 5 till 7. And here's some of what caught my attention this week. We've got the Chelsea Flower Show. The Horticultural Talent Show of the Year is back, which is great. And uh, they're all here. And uh, I think it's on the BBC. And so they've got people that you've never heard of before. I mean, we've heard of Dermot Gavin as well. But they've also got... Um, oh, I think you're going to get Prince Harry's going to be down there. And Princess Eugenie and Beatrice will be there as well after their freebies. Perhaps their father will wander around. Not that he looks like he's ever actually gardened in his entire life. And I sh- they, they will be taking selfies. Beatrice and Eugenie will be in there taking selfies. What a ghastly family, honestly. They really are dreadful. I'd prefer to have Henry VIII, you know, running the thing. Uh, another one here, uh, talking about uh, ants. I don't know what you can do with, uh, with ants. They, they, they seem to... They laugh at me. Seriously, they laugh at me, ants. I mean, I try and get rid of them, and then blow me down the next year. They're back, like, saying, ha, 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 we hid and you couldn't find us. And that was how it was. Uh, Maggie uh, buys Richard Jackson slug pellets. Have you noticed, Richard Jackson used to work, he's on QVC, he used to work on LBC for years. He was one of a whole uh, a whole raft of, uh, of gardeners. We started it off long before QVC did, with having gardening advice over the weekend. I did gardening programmes, DIY. We did car maintenance programmes. We had, we had the best lineup of experts that you will ever hear in your entire life. And the gardeners were brilliant. And uh, we had Christine Walkden, the compost queen. I mean, there was everybody. And then you see them on the television now and you go, you started on LBC. We were the first people to put the, the gardening advice programmes on. And Christine walked in, I think, one time. She got through 30 calls in an hour giving advice on garden. Very good she was. Very good. She's still good now today. But Richard Jackson is so infuriating. He is, he's become so big-headed. He's terrible on QVC. You watch him, and the poor presenter, whoever it is, barely gets a look in before Richard goes, let me just tell you, these flowers are the best. And you shut up! Shut up! This is the presenter. Presenter. You, you're just the person brought on there to flog your slug pellets and your other, your other miracle... Gr- it's all just that kind of stuff. That's what they're doing. They're doing high-pressure selling. But it's when he butts in, and he does it, con- it... Watch it, and after a while, you'll agree with me. It becomes so infuriating. <laughs> Seriously. He's, he's worse. Leighton Denny is... Uh, no, I tell you, the worst one is a woman called Moira C. Moira C does scarves. Scarf, scarf laces or whatever they're called now. Her with her two ghastly daughters. Uh, they're, I should imagine one of those must be called Eugenie. And, uh, and Moira C does these scarves and she, she could be anywhere between 70 and death. And she does Ideal World. And she does these uh, scarf. You put the scarf around here or you can twist this and do that. And they come in through. They're only cheap. They're only cheap. They've got little magnets on them to hold them together. And she obviously flogs a ton of these things. She's just irritating. Not half as irritating. Are they she the most irritating? I think her and Sally Jacks would have to be two of the most irritating. Sally because she's just an annoying little person with the silliest voice in the entire world and just looks ridiculous. Seriously, she's looking old before her time. And then you get Leighton Denny. Leighton Denny does nails. And Leighton Denny is about as camp as the proverbial Christmas tree, but it's funny to watch because he does nails and he does all different colours and he does this nail and that nail, but he so desperately wants to be seen as butch, you can tell. They used to have a bloke on who used to do flower arranging and I don't think anybody became as camp as him. 
Well, Ryland's pretty close, I think. Or that Mark Vassali creature out of Made in Chelsea, who, frankly, I mean, is just so affected. You know, you don't mind, but for goodness sake, honestly, it's like a trait for some of these people. Who else do we not like? Scarfett, we've got Moira C. Every time they mention her, again, she's irritating. You seriously, you want to gaffer tape her up because she's so annoying. Shut up, woman. But uh, Richard Jackson comes close second to that one. Leighton Denny, just because he's sort of funny in camp and flogs nail varnish. And who else is on? I'm trying to think if there's any actually on there that I sort of, I, I sort of don't like. I like most of them. I, I, I feel sorry for some of the people on some of the jewellery channels flogging that tat. I do feel very sorry for them. Trying to make out that something's really exciting, whereas we look at it and go, that is rubbish, isn't it? That is absolute rubbish. This is triple A Tanzanite. It's so sought after. And, uh, and, and you get the girls. I mean, I, I seriously thought they were having sex. I thought they were They get so excited about it. And this is it. And they invested all over the country. And they just make up names. And uh, Moira and Richard and Cindy and so-and-so. They're all, you know, they're all online now. Stay online now. You need to confirm this in your basket. I can't believe we're doing it at this price. What's it come to? I can't. Whoosh. $29.99. I can't believe it. And they get so excited. So excited. For no reason. You know, if you want to buy tat, go to a market. You can buy tat in the markets. Don't need to sit there waiting. For... And they seem to think people are collecting this rubbish. Collecting it for whom? Collecting it. And they say, take it and get it appraised. By whom? By whom? Somebody's going to look at it and go, how much do you pay for that? Six quid? Uh, 199 You've been done, haven't you, missus? You've been done. I love it. I can't, I'm, I'm quite addicted to it. I've never bought anything. I'm quite addicted. I've watched it anyway. And I've never bought one of those scarves that you can do in 22 different positions. Although, to be honest with you, I'm borderline. Steve Allen on LBC. A call to bring back front gardens. Because we don't have front gardens, people pave them over and park cars on there. And it's not very exciting, is it? Yesterday was a glorious day. I managed to get loads of things done. At the moment, I'm ha- fighting a battle with pigeons. And uh, they're nesting. This is their, their time of year. They nest. And they managed to find somewhere to nest. And so she sits on the nest. And he then sits there and just does his toilet over just about everything he can get his hands on. So yesterday I armed myself with the pigeon's most hated weapon. The water pistol. They don't like it. But this is a super soaker. This will shoot water 70 feet into the distance. Oh, was he in for a surprise this morning. When I went out there, got my little torch out, went, oh, there you are. And so I went... Filled up my uh, super soaker, went out there. Well, you've never seen a pigeon fly so fast. And what I do every time is, and this, this is how you, you, you train pigeons, just before you're going to soak them, you rattle your keys. So very soon, you don't actually need to soak them, you just rattle the keys, and they will fly out immediately, anticipating a soaking. So uh, I, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. So uh, this morning, he was out there so fast. I thought, you come back again. Every time you come back, you're going to get it. I was thinking about, actually, putting coloured dye in there so we could sort of find out where he goes to. But apparently, Sadiq Khan has inherited the water cannon that Boris bought. What if I could borrow those? What if I could, if I could have a quick word with Sadiq? Next time he comes into LBC, I say, you, you wouldn't mind, um, excuse me, lending me one of your water cannon for a day. Because, you, because the worst thing is that pigeons will go back to the same place. Every year, where they were born, they will go back. So you have to make sure they can't. So we put up spikes, everything. This is LBC with Steve Allen. The secret songs we love to sing. Total Eclipse of the Heart. About it, that's a fairly popular one. Turn around, bright eyes, bright eyes. 
Everybody sings songs, don't they? Everybody's got favourite songs that they sing. And once you start singing a song, everybody else jumps in on the bandwagon. And uh, and we have the ultimate gift for you. I'm I'm known, I mean, I, I ferret around the office to find, not lo- looking for anything in particular, but if there's a box lying around, I am I am known to sort of open it. Sometimes I'm, I'm lucky, and sometimes I'm not. And this morning, I think we've hit pay dirt. This box is... Uh, quite nice. It measures about uh, a foot by about, I think that's nine inches. And um, and when you open it up, inside, it's got six little bottles. Scents. They're, I think I think it's a room deodoriser. That's what I think it is. I certainly don't think you'd be wearing it. And it's different scents of England. It's from a company called Enjoy England. So, of course, I was intrigued by it. So, the, the first one is cucumber sandwiches. I know you're thinking this is slightly peculiar, but the moment I found it, I thought there's 20 minutes in that for me, at least on the programme. Everybody else would just look at it and go, it's a room deodorizer. And I go, 20 minutes, that's 20 minutes on a speech programme. Cucumber sandwiches, a combination of soft white bread, butter and cucumber, reminiscent of the aroma of an afternoon tea at the Ritz. Right, which one's that? Cucumber sandwiches, OK. You're just going to have to go with me on this one a little bit and say, it's going to stink to high heaven in this place, isn't it? I'll just try this one because Actually, it does smell a bit like, why you'd want your room to smell of cucumber sandwiches. No, exactly. And it's also, actually, it can't be a room deodorant. It's not big enough. Perhaps this is just a sample. Uh, The second one is Victoria Sponge. A sponge cake scent with subtle lemon, smooth buttercream and sugary notes, the perfect partner to an English picnic. Okay, so that's, that's okay. Third one is English Lawn. The ubiquitous summer accord of fresh cut grass evoking scents of country walks, Croquet spots and country gardens. Just to love a good game of croquet. And I do love the smell of cut grass. Everybody does. It's at the top of everybody's list, isn't it? What do you like the smell of? Grass. And as you've been listening to some of the people who were phoning up uh, Darren earlier on, I think the sort of grass they were sniffing is completely different. That just smells of old socks. English Seaside Pier. How you can evoke the smell of an English seaside pier, I don't know. A sun-warmed rock pool full of seawater, sand and seaweed brings to life the distinctive smell of English seaside resorts. Really? I thought it would have been kebabs, chips, sausages and batter and the usual stuff. English Summer Festival. A warm, smoky wood fragrance reminiscent of summer evening campfires at summer festivals. People thieving from your tent, uh, people taking the whole tent, uh, people smoking drugs, uh, basically just dirty, grubby people in Wellingtons. And so if they can manage to evoke that one, that's quite good. And finally, wait for this one, we've saved the best till last. The smell is... Cricket ball. Cricket ball, apparently. Subtle warm notes of leather, hold back, and sun-warmed woods are enveloped by soft, clean musks, reminiscent of clean hands enveloping a new cricket ball. No, I didn't see that one either, but uh, it seems quite nice. We, we can't get rid of the smell out of the office at the moment, but I, I, I like the gift. I'm going I'm to re-gift it to somebody. I'm going to gift it. I don't know who I'm going to gift it to. I'll, th- I'll think of somebody to, who, will be, uh, who will be the proud recipient of it. Sorry? Paul Smith, the news... No, I'm not giving him anything this morning. He was in a very grumpy mood. Grumpy mood yesterday, grumpy mood today. You know why? Because he's on a diet. And uh, when people go on diets, you know, what he really wants is kebabs and everything else. I mean, I'll give you a rough idea. He was having a barbecue the other week and they saw a rat in the garden, so they abandoned the barbecue. Oh, they've got the rat, dropped it on the barbecue. I saw mice round here this morning. Mice! I'd be foolish not to think that there are mice. We do see foxes and stuff like that. So, uh, no, I'm not going to give it to him. No, he, he, he was trying out... What was that aftershave he was trying out? Lynx. 
link. There's a box set of links. Well, his eyes lit up. Seriously, I've never seen anybody look so excited over a box of links. To him, that was a gift set. You know, Christmas gift. Christmas gift. Really lovely. Excuse me. Mm. I think I'm actually better at making... Um, oh, he's, he's, he's now texted me. Why I ever gave him my phone number. It's fatal. Halfway through the day, and he starts. Oh, hi, just woken up. Uh, just uh, just checking your kit and all that kind of... It goes forever in a day. And um, he says, I'm not grumpy, I'm tired. Oh, no, I thought you were grumpy. And by the way, the aftershave that he wears is Tom Ford. <laughs> I don't know what it is either. <laughs> It sounds very exciting, doesn't it? Tom Ford aftershave. Because I said I wear Estee Lauder, and he said, do you? He sounded surprised. And because uh, I had him down as a brute person. I had him down for that sort of, that if, or for Pino Silvestro. Do you remember that one that came in a pine-shaped sort of bottle? God, there's been some ghastly aftershaves over the years. You're listening to the best of Steve Allen. I'll have loads more from my early breakfast shows this week after this. This is LBC with Steve Allen. This is Steve Allen. You're listening to some of the highlights of my early breakfast shows this week. Another one here. How are we this Monday morning? Says uh, Shahid. He says, went to Costco in Southall. He says, if my, he says, have you been? No, not to Southall. I've been to loads of the other ones. He says, in my opinion, it was not all that cheap. And the effort involved in going physically there, parking, showing your membership card and fighting through all the people in the aisles. Really? Lord, obviously you don't deal with life very well at all. I've never had to fight through all the people. And also showing your membership. You think showing a membership card is a bit of a hassle, do you? You want drugs or something? I mean, showing a membership card. Open wallet, card. Thank you. Just to make sure you're the right person to go in there. I mean, obviously you went to get a, a membership card. I mean, surely you must have investigated it beforehand. I mean, I know you live in Slough and I know that that really is the pits of the earth. I mean, you know, see Slough and die, I think they say. Come friendly bombs, rain on Slough. Couldn't have happened to a nicer dump, really. And um, Johnny says, we went through Slough at the weekend. Looked a bit a bit like a shanty town. I've not actually... Can you, can you drive through Slough? I'm not sure you can drive through it. Don't you have to drive round it? Is there actually a road through the middle of it? I don't know. Not my sort of thing at all. I mean, that's why they've actually shoved it out there. It was only famous for the Mars factory. It was never famous for anything else. And as you know, come bombs, rain on Slough. That was the Poet Laureate. And uh, nobody complained about it because they'd been there and went, yeah, good idea, good idea, get rid of it. I think the M4 was specifically built so that you could avoid it, so you didn't have to go through Slough. It's a bit like going through Maidenhead. You know, similar sort of play. You get Slough, Maidenhead, oh, God. And, of course, what do they do? They take the lights off the M4 at Slough. So now now you're driving in darkness, so you can't even see the place, which is even better. So if ever you're driving down the M4, you go, la, 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 all well lit, get to Slough, no lights. They obviously decided to take them away from people. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. Somebody said Slough is also famous for the uh, for the Jerry Andersons. Yes, that was on the that was on a trading estate, wasn't it? A trading estate. Uh, but apart from that, I mean Slough. I mean, you know, the, the only thing it actually does now is it features in in Road Wars or in nearly every episode of the Interceptors because there's so much criminal activity going there. I mean, it's unbelievable. You cannot believe that there's so many criminals in Slough. They might as well just close it down and put up the borders. Simple as that. Because I remember seeing one of them and they stopped this bloke in the car. And I don't know why people think that you can tell fibs to police officers who are armed with the facts. When they pull you in and they go, hello, and you you think, yeah, I'll bluff my way through this. You don't realise that they've got a computer on board that as your car goes past them, it flags it up. Beep, 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 beep. And that'll be no insurance, no MOT, driver's got no licence, all that. It's all on there. 
because now it's central computerized. Years ago, it was it was easy. You could fiddle the insurance. You could fiddle the tax. You could say, listen, I've had the tax, but it got nicked the other day. And they go, no, you haven't bought it because it's all linked to a computer. You cannot argue with computers. Well, you can occasionally. And so they pull this bloke over. Oh, so um, it's it's showing that you don't have so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. Do you have a licence? Yes, yes, yes. Proved he showed his licence and all the rest of it. And so they go through this. Oh, God, very odd. And uh, they said, are you banned from driving? And it turned out he was banned from... He shouldn't even have been driving. It was minicabbing. Minicabbing. Thieving little so-and-so. Honestly, minicabbing. Mind you, we had the rugby in Twickenham. The amount of illegal minicabs touting by the side of the street. One this morning was trying to tout me. There was three guys standing on the pavement, obviously looking for a minicab, and he sort of slowed down by me. They always look, and um, he, he was touting. I thought, I'd love to. Be. Actually, if I was a police officer, I could have a field day. You could literally say, OK, get in here, just take me round. round that's it, just round to the police station. Thank you, we'll wait here, and we'll take you off the road straight away. Your vehicle's going to be crushed. Simple as that. You know, not waste any time. I don't know why we faff around and shilly-shally around with courts. We can deal with it so much easier ourselves. Steve Allen on LBC. <laughs> age, Steve, should one stop wearing trainers? That's a difficult one. That is a difficult one. I don't know the answer to that. I thought it would have been about... Because I don't have any trainers. I have... Actually, I tell a lie. I have got a pair of trainers, but they don't have laces in. They've got Velcro over the top. Which is... I know. I know. It's the ultimate old man shoes. Seriously. Because it's so much easier. Because I can't get down there to do laces. But it's like the producer, you know, sort of... He's got rips in his jeans. And it's on the knees. And I can't work out, you know, where this rubbish started. I saw Joey Essex, poor simpleton, the other day. They were trying to explain something to him. But what was it about? Whatever it was, he didn't understand anything at all. And I wasn't sure if he was just playing dumb or he'd not been through the education system. I'd like to sit down with Brooklyn Beckham and find out just how intelligent he is. He can make a cup of coffee and use a camera. And that seems about all he can do, really. And he can go and and do other things. But uh, but trainers, can you wear them at a certain age? When I go to the, the train station, when I go to Waterloo in the morning... A lot of women get off the trains with trainers on because they obviously can't walk in their shoes. And so that, that's, that's why. It's an, it's an interesting conundrum. Do you walk in high heels or do you not? And, uh, and you do see men wearing a suit but with trainers on. I don't know. I don't know. So I'm, I'm not sure about at what age you should stop wearing trainers. See, in my day, it was plimp soles, and you could wear those up until the age of 60, I think. Uh, when I was younger, Steve, holes in my jeans would have got me in trouble, but I got mine from having an active childhood of skateboarding and playing outside. Oh, right. So that's obviously the, uh, the way. Philip in Bournemouth says, jeans worn around your bottom exposing the underpants is worse than jeans with slits on the knees. Yeah, I just think that's... I think both of them are absolutely just a dreadful look. You know, people with their jeans halfway down their bottom showing you their pants. I think it's just ridiculous. But this thing of having both knees, what's the point of it? It just looks silly. So you've ruined a perfectly good pair of jeans. That's what the producer did. He actually had his jeans. And then he sort of, he actually put the cuts in there himself, which is, which is even worse. Even worse, he's actually massacred a pair of jeans so that he can be on trend. So people think that he's, tre- it doesn't matter whether they're old or new. It's the fact that at your age, you seriously have to do something to think you look trendy. Because other people have got jeans with slits on the knees. So you've taken a pair of old jeans and you've cut a hole in the... How? Well, I can't... I can't even get my head around it. I can't imagine. It's like my boss walking in, you know, and having jeans with rips on the knees. It's just ridiculous. I mean, they've got this in Australia. I'm always amazed at how things transfer, actually. So if you go back to Australia... Don't you think there's loads... I mean, there's girls walking down the high street with rips in their knees. Might as well just cut them off and call them 
trousers, which are now shorts or culottes or something like that. I don't quite understand it. I don't understand fashion full stop. I really don't. Another one here. This is... um, (laughs) On the subject of fashion, Steve, says James, I had to text you with my annoyance at the ridiculousness of men nowadays who think that shaving their hair around the sides and leaving a little silly knot on the top of their heads, and to top it off, they've got great big bushy beards. Yes, I mean, to be honest with you, the little top knots, making them look like Bam Bam out of the Flintstones. Yeah, man buns. It's so stupid. It's like men who've got, you know, ponytails. Equally ridiculous. Equally ridiculous. I'm not interested in anybody who's sort of doing it. It must be vanity. But who are these men who gather their hair up at the top of the head and stick a little Alice band round it? What sort of men are they? Candidates for the village people, ladies and gentlemen. That's what they are. Or Australians. And then it's the beards that they grow, isn't it? Big bushy beards. Even young people now are growing beards. You know, people start off, they go, oh, I don't think I'll bother shaving today. And then they leave it and they start liking the fact they've got a beard. Whereas most people hate beards. Clean shaven look is, is far more prep, but of course it's laziness, isn't it? Can't be bothered, I've got a beard, I'll have a top knot as well, and I'll cut rips in my jeans, because that makes me look really on trend. you ever heard anything like it, honestly? I might come in tomorrow in my shorts. Second thoughts, maybe I won't, actually. Uh, Primark, Kevin the Milkman, says, I could do the round with my jeans halfway down my legs, Steve, flashing off my underwear label of choice, Primark. <laughs> You see, I don't understand why people want to show you their underwear. And it's always got to be trendy underwear. Have you noticed? You can't just wear Marks and Spencer's pants, which is what I do. You know, it's got to say something like, you know, Calvin Klein on them or, you know, all different things. This one's called Aussie something, isn't there, I think? Aussie pants. And and sort of people sort of show them. And I'm sure that people deliberately stretch up. So they go, oh, like that. And so you can see the top of their pants. I thought, doesn't impress me in the slightest. Not one little bit, I'm afraid. I think pants are private. You should keep them to yourself. Don't show them to anybody at all. I agree about ripped jeans, says Ian. The amount of celebs going round with ripped jeans and very cheap-looking tops. What do they look like? They look cheap. They look cheap. That's, that's all, I can, all I can tell you about it. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Thank God the producer's not been in with sort of ripped jeans. Because I would be pointing and laughing. I really, I really would be pointing and laughing. It's the fact that he did it himself. He doesn't, he doesn't understand the irony of this. He really doesn't. I've done my best. Done my best. Steve Allen on LBC. You just look as though you're equipped for World War Three, don't you? A little bottle of water, your little phone, and now a Ferrero Rocher. The essentials. The essentials. I think it's good to have the essentials, isn't it? Would you like to take two? Oh, you're taking two. Take one for Mike. Oh, take one. Another one for Mike. I might well, take one for my Uber driver. You Oh, right, OK. I'm not sure about that. That'll go down well with the audience this morning. No good giving anything to Mike. Seriously, he's fighting the weight at the moment. I'm trying to get him a gastric band fitted, but uh, he, he won't go for it. Very noisy out there. Very noisy in the corridor today. But, uh, yeah, so we always have little chocolates in here, little treats and things like that. It gets people through the night. It gets. Look at them, they're fighting over... Oh, he's now decided which one he wants. They're arguing over, over which one he wants this morning. All the other people turning up for it. Which one did he take? The really, oh, the really fattening one. Great. There's a queue for me, I know, for Ferrero Rocher. It's odd, isn't it, really? Well, I suppose because... Don't they, what, what was the... Is it the ambassador eats them on the television or something? They, they, don't they go to a dinner party and, the, and the, the advert is, oh, the ambassador's having Ferrero Rocher. As if. As if. You know, if you were the ambassador to a country, you'd have, I had Turkish Delight a few weeks ago. Love to, I know, it's a bit glutinous, isn't it? Yes, I should imagine it wouldn't work well with your teeth, would it, really? Do you have to take them out and put them to one side and then you can do it? Yeah? Oh, two pieces. Well, why not? I'm Steve Allen. Loads more to come from my early breakfast shows this week.
after the news. Leading Britain's conversation, LBC, with Steve Allen. This is Steve Allen. You're listening to some of the highlights of my early breakfast shows this week. Barack Obama is going to make a groundbreaking announcement regarding UFO and extraterrestrial activity. Do you think ET exists? Do you think there is intelligent life elsewhere in the universe? Let's give some respect to a man who's been ridiculed for the last 20 odd years by this nation, and that's a man called David Icke. I can't follow anything to do with UFOs. It drags them all out, doesn't it? You all crawl out from underneath your little shells, and you're probably heroes in a half shell anyway, and you phone up, and, and it's really nice, and yes, I've seen one. And I'm just reading one here from Tina, who says uh, South Wales is a UFA, UFO hotspot, which I thought was quite interesting. There have been rumours of a giant alien mothership near Earth for years, and UFOs are the scout craft. Stop drinking, Tina. OK, I can beg you now, for the, but it's bad for you. The, the reason it's in South Wales is because nobody goes there. If it's true, the world will be turned upside down on all levels. It would be pandemonium. Pandemonium. I hope they're all friendly. And second thoughts, carry on drinking. It's obviously a lot easier to be in your world. I mean, I can't believe it. I mean, I understand the, the principle that there must be something else out there. But why people think that spacecraft are round, I've got no idea. Is it because we drew them round a long time ago and then they go, oh, they must be round? Well, why, why can't, you know, I mean, I've heard of shapeshifters. And you have to be very careful saying that at this time of the morning for people who've maybe got some sort of hearing deficiency. So I'm always very careful. I don't like to insult people, you know, but when you hear people saying, I definitely saw an alien and this craft and it did this. and it came. In, in, in America, you can always find two old biddies in Wisconsin who've been abducted. And they've been taken up there and aliens have interfered with them. Well, I always look on that as a bonus. When you get to the age of 80, if somebody's still interfering with you in a spacecraft, take it on the chin and enjoy every second of it. Why are they insist? And then they go, and here's a policeman. And a policeman wouldn't tell us. See, I'm talking about it now as well. Because I don't want to believe it. I don't really. I couldn't give a forex if these things. I've appealed over 36 years. Come and land in the studio. Come and dematerialise. Why we think they're more intelligent than us, I've got no idea. I thought by now we'd be all living on the moon, but that never happened, did it? So we're obviously not going to go there. There are no space... Remember that dreadful film that Anton Deck made about... Uh, was it Roth- Roswell? And uh, there was supposed to be a thing. Why would they bother keeping it quiet? I mean, surely if you found a spacecraft with something in... And there was that great one, Flight of the Navigator, which they, they found a spacecraft and they got it all activated again. And it, uh, it sort of changed shape mid-flight. That, that was quite interesting. But I, I just thought to myself, why would they think it would, it would provoke pandemonium? Pandemonium. You know, we wouldn't be interested, wouldn't we? If, if the newspaper said, we've now got the first official pictures of a UFO and the creature that was inside it that the papers would be bidding over each other to put it in there. But, of course, they haven't. There would be no pandemonium. This isn't Independence Day. You know, that's a filmmaker's dream. And all the doolallies out there, and by God, there's enough of them. I didn't realise how many mad people there were at this time of the morning. I realise, obviously, it gets earlier and earlier, and people do become madder and madder. And the worst thing is, they all go, well, it's on the internet. Like, the internet is the all-seeing oracle. If it's on the internet, it must be true. It must be true it's on the internet. Yes, they're down there. And then they assume that they've all got big bug eyes, they've got this kind of thing. Why, why can't they look like us? Why could they not look like us? If indeed anything's out there, but as I've never seen anything. As I say, if something materialised or they had a proper bit of film of something landing, then I'd go for it. But uh, we don't believe in spacecraft. We don't... Lights in the sky. We've had that over the years, you know. And then we've had people taking photographs of little ping-pong balls with a light inside, suspended on a... And they've gone, and this is a picture of this craft. You think, no, you're holding it on a piece of nylon. 
You know, that's how it works. You have to be logical about it. But, but for some reason, people think that spacecraft are going to come down, have a look at us, and then go back and go, well, we've just seen the most amazing thing. Steve Allen is his name. He does a radio show. We think we should abduct him, bring him back here, and he can entertain all of us. All little ETs all over the place. Because we loved the film, didn't we? Because you want to believe in it. You want to believe that they're all like that and they come down and uh, we all look after aliens. Unfortunately, I'm in the real world. You know, all these people, you know, the ones from the other planet, because they can monitor everything because they're really super intelligent, even though they don't want to come and talk to us. Yet we've got television. They've heard about the spike. They didn't. They thought it was some huge building. They had no idea. On the planet Zog, you know, where all these Zoggies come from, it's a case of, you know, oh, what's the spike? They, they, they don't speak English. They, they speak a sort of a mangled sort of Mars language, which is it's sort of one of the earliest forms, you know. It is just madness. People, people obviously want to sit on the internet all night and they want to believe in something. They, they're obviously, they have this fixation in their mind. I mean, look at David Icke, mad as a broom. There's no two ways about it. The royal family are lizards. Oh, go away, you silly little man, honestly. People who follow people like that are like sheep, aren't they? Do you remember when that Haley Bop comet came down? People wanted to follow that. And then there were all those people who had joined a sect... And they thought that if they took poison and died, they'd go to this, they'd go up onto this spaceship. It was a load of old rubbish. They just died. Loads of them. Men, women and children. So there is nothing. But you can obviously get people to believe in anything nowadays, which I always find entertaining. I like the idea of entertaining, but, you know, it just doesn't, it just doesn't ring true. There's nothing on the internet that's ever proved anything. There's never any, uh, never any sort of pictures which you, and we've got perfect quality pictures, haven't we, on our mobile phones? Perfect quality pictures. And do we, uh, do we have anything to show? Nothing. Nothing. Nobody has actually managed to take a picture of a UFO. We've had loads of drawings. But I mean, who in God's name wants a drawing in this day and age? And so I'm afraid it's, it's just a pipe dream. But uh, we have to entertain people. We have to, so, you know, because otherwise people go, well, I believe in it. There's got to be something out there. Well, there might be. There might be on some distant, distant planet. A little, and why we think they're more intelligent than us. I thought if, you know, if you believe that God created heaven and earth in seven days, well, then you probably believe in, uh, in cheese on the moon and stuff like that. Because that wasn't how it happened. It was the Big Bang Theory. But then why do we not believe that something else happened somewhere else? It might have done. But why do we believe that they're more advanced than us? Well, why would that happen? Why would that happen? It doesn't. And if, and if they're as clever as people seem to think they are, and they could do all sorts of things, wouldn't they have noticed that we've been up to the moon a number of occasions? Or do you subscribe to the theory that we never went to the moon in the first place? That it was all created in an aircraft hangar? But the only thing that never rings true to me is the bit where they say, and they have to keep it secret. Do you not think that maybe somebody who was working on some of these secret projects would be going, well, let me tell you, they've got nothing. It's nothing at all. It's nothing. It's just been kept going over the years because people want to believe in something. People stand there. If you watched Independence Day and you bought into that idea, people stand there going, come, take us home, take us home. And it did. It blew them up. And people didn't think there was anything odd about that. I thought it was a great film, great disaster film, but it was absolutely nothing to do with real life. Nothing at all. So I'm now going to get bombarded with all the barking mad people. I'm going to get loads of people going, I have really... I have really seen something, Steve, and uh, and and I'm you know, and to say that there's a giant alien mothership near the Earth for years is the biggest pile of codswallop I've ever heard in my entire life. That is Independence Day, isn't it? That is the film, and there's a sequel of Independence Day. I know. I mean, where you go from after it's blown up the planet, I don't know. Where all the spacecraft, Tina, link up, 
And that's what they're doing. They're linking up. They're linking up. And then the bottom opens up and they go, hello. And phew, they're gone. Why would, why would something come down like that? Why would something not be curious uh, to hear us? If they're as, as advanced as you seem to think they are, not all of you, there are a few normal people out there this morning, uh, even though we do have the 4am spike. God, if I'd known there were that many barking mad people, I'd have started reading, you know, all sorts of books before I came on the programme. But you know me, cynical to the last, thank goodness. Somebody's got to be. Somebody's got to be. And, uh, and somebody said, listen, Steve, why don't we just please... Stop people drinking and doing drugs and stuff like that. Because you can imagine anything, can't you? Absolutely anything. So uh, that'll go down well. That'll go down well today. Certainly kept them going overnight. Blimey, that was very exciting. Uh, Peter said the virgin birth. Yeah, right, he says. Well, no, you see, this is it. You, You could argue the virgin birth. Because in the Bible, when it was written, and of course it's been lost in translation over the years, as various people have translated it, the Virgin Mary would have been Virgo intacta. She wouldn't have been Virgin Mary. They wouldn't have said that. But, of course, it gets changed over the years. The three wise men followed a bright light in the sky, which talked to them. I mean, that could have been an early spacecraft. It really could have been. And uh, they didn't understand why. They just went, uh, star, star. That was it. One of them could have been David Icke on that case. He looked very familiar. David Icke, who now thinks... And there was that programme V. Do you remember it on the television? It was really good. Where they were aliens, but they were lizards. And then they, I didn't have a zip on them or something. Whatever it was, that they, they were lizards, but they, they had a, a suit on, which made them look all right. Steve Allen on LBC. The DVD that I ordered is called Spotlight. Spotlight was the scandal that shocked the world. Uh, you will be very angry if you watch this, uh, because it's, uh, it's the Boston Globe. Uh, I think it's one of the only newspapers that has a dedicated team of investigative journalists. And uh, they started to delve into allegations of child abuse within the Catholic Church. Uh, They had one person go to them, and this turned into an absolute river of people. Uh, It's it's very interesting, facing political opposition and resistance from the far-reaching influences of the Church who tried to cover up things and tried to deny. It's only in recent times that the Popes have acknowledged the fact that they've got a serious problem with paedophile priests within the Catholic Church. And I think so many have been thrown out of the Church. Because what they did in the early days, and it's well well documented, if they found a paedophile priest in one parish, they'd move them somewhere else. So they'd carry on doing it elsewhere. They just moved to the problem from place to place. They didn't acknowledge it at all. They really didn't acknowledge it. And so when this film came out, Spotlight, uh, people were going, oh, it's disgraceful, it's this and that. But it was going on within the Catholic Church. Not the first time. There was a huge um, scandal, I think, over in Canada. And there they had a lot of children who'd been taken in by the Catholic Church who were looking after them in orphanages. And uh, the children were being systematically abused by some of the abusive priests who were working in these homes. And it just got... In fact, if you, if you watch the film Catholic Boys, that'll give you a rough idea. I think Andrew, Andrew Connor's in that one. And that's, again, got a sadistic Catholic priest who, uh, who is out to cause as much trouble as possible. The boys, of course, have a different idea. Over in Canada, the boys complained. A couple of them complained to the authorities about the abuse that they were suffering at the hands of uh, a couple of the priests in there, and they were dismissed. They, they were sort of told, don't be so silly, don't be so silly, and they, and they dismissed them until one of the boys, years later, got to talk to a journalist 
and said this has been going on with me and my brother and a few other people here. And then what they needed, they needed the boys to testify. That was the problem. They couldn't get the boys to testify to start with. Eventually they persuaded them. And uh, the priest who was abusing them had since moved on, I think, to Nova Scotia and was married with children until the day the knock came on the door and uh, and they said they they've made complaints against you and that was uh, and that was that so so the catholic church started to unravel itself in spotlight it's a similar sort of story uh you know the this this exposé that these people did at one point they had to stop doing it because something occurred i think it was 911 and they had to stop doing it for a little while but they didn't let the, the investigation stop and they carried on and it's uh, a friend of mine said you've got to see this film this is one of the best films you'll ever see. You'll get very angry with it. So I said, OK, so I ordered it. So it came out yesterday. Spotlight, it's called. Spotlight. And you can find it on Amazon and other places as well. You're listening to the best of Steve Allen. I'll have loads more from my early breakfast shows this week after this. Steve Allen on LBC. This is Steve Allen. You're listening to some of the highlights of my early breakfast shows this week. Paul says, we, we sell Aussie food at work. Uh, in the World Food Bit, just down the road from the Ace Cafe, things like Tam Tam biscuits. Is Tim Tim Tams are they? Oh right, he's very excited now. He thinks we're speaking his language. Okay, all right. Colour and movement. Here we go. Wave your hand in front of him, and uh, he says, "I'll get more details in the week." And prices not cheap due to the import tax. But if you've got these, what are they called now? No, the other things. Lamingtons. Yeah, if you can get Lamingtons, let us know about them. I can't remember what they are now. Are they spongy-looking things? That's a spongy chocolate on the outside and different bit of coconut there. Apparently in Australia, this is like a big deal. You can imagine how simple it is over there, can't you? What have we got today? We're having a Lamington for tea. Woo! Can't believe it. Bring your friends round. <laughs> Which one is it? Chocolate with coconut. Woo! Can't believe we pushed the boat out on that one. <laughs> I've got to taste one, though, because I want to see what they're like. But I have a sneaking feeling it'll be like a coconut pyramid with chuck Better than pork pies. He hated the pork pie. Is that funny? You know, you, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it um, anywhere. Well, in his case, you couldn't. And, uh, and, he, uh, and he, he tried the pork pie. I couldn't believe he'd never had a pork pie before. I thought everybody in this country had eaten a pork pie. Not the producer. Oh, no. There's obviously still things. That I'm, I, I now feel it's my duty to go around and try and find things that he won't have eaten before. <laughs> I mean, I thought everybody would eat a pork pie. I mean, I just and he sort of he sort of he did it a little bit, a bit like that, a bit girly. You know, it's hardly anything butch about. Most most Aussies just pick it out and shove it all in their mouth at the same time. You know, not this one. It gets a little nice, delicately cuts a bit off, and and we get the whole kiddie screwed up face that goes and we had that kind of thing he's going to spit it out isn't he you just know he's going to spit it out and he went through the whole blooming drama queen bit about oh I don't like it well don't eat it then it's only a bit of pork you must have eaten pork before not for religious reasons you know and there's not a religious reason why you wouldn't eat pork is there no cold pork and pastry you thought that was weird and you don't think lamingtons are weird you think lamingtons are normal that of course they are, because you're simple. Because, you know, I mean, to you, a carrot probably represents a meal in itself. <laughs> two carrots. Yeah, two carrots is a party in Australia. Whee! It's like whenever we see somebody coming into Paul Cooper's shop and they pick up one, one parsnip and one carrot, we always go, party at your place, is it? You know, Some of them look at you. If, if, if they're not British, they don't understand cynicism. 
and we do cynicism really well, like, you know, you look really great in that outfit, and they go, thank you, and you think, I didn't mean it, I'm just saying that. We're like British, we don't, we give backhanded compliments. Do you go to the hairdresser today? Didn't think so. You know, and we say things like that, people go, oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, get all excited, but never to have eaten a pork pie. I thought that had to be some revelation. I mean, Nigel, certain things I've not eaten as well. I mean, most things I've eaten in this country, but uh, I, I, I tell you what, I can't bear sushi. I can't bear sushi, which you probably love sushi, don't you? Yeah, it's delicious. See, I just don't like it. That's like sort of, that's just like dead fish with soy sauce. And I don't, I don't do things like that. I don't, cold pork, it's, it's cooked. It's cooked in this pie. That's what it's cooked. It is, it's, you don't have a hot pork pie, unless you're Australian. And uh, you'd probably sling it on the barbie. Uh, we're, we're slinging a pork pie on the barbie. Steve recommended this one to us. Just see it now, but two carrots and they go whoopie doo down there. But uh, like sushi. See, I can't bear sushi. I know it looks pretty and it's supposed to be good for us. In fact, we've just lost a sushi place in, in Twickenham. We used to have one. In fact, we lost quite a few places. People open up shops and I always think to myself, why don't you just scout the area first and, and work out whether or not we need something? Because the one thing we don't need at the moment is any more charity shops. We've got more than enough, thank you very much indeed. Generally staffed by little old ladies. We're probably trousering the money anyway. And uh, we get coffee shops. Uh, got a proliferation of coffee shops. Bakers, we've got quite a few of at the moment. I think we've got about one, we've got one, two, three, and I think we're going to have four and five. How much bread can we eat? But I do like a hot sausage in the morning. I, I'm, I'm quite partial to a hot... It's got to be a good quality sausage. I don't mind paying for a good quality sausage. I just don't, I don't want to pay for substandard sausages. You know, I'm a bit, uh, a bit like that. Uh, if work don't sell lamingtons, they don't look too tricky to make, says Paul. We're not, we're not making anything. This isn't some baking programme on LBC. We're not sort of, you know, unless we'll make a lamington today. It doesn't work like that. This is me asking people if, you know, if you sell them wherever you are, let me know and I'll come around and buy some or you can send some in and I'll send you the money or whatever it happens to be. But we don't, we don't bake anything on the programme, Paul. I think you've obviously got the... It's not the BBC. It's not the BBC. We're not wasting your money by sort of having sort of a really elderly woman and a sort of spivvy-looking man there trying to flog you a dodgy-looking tapioca pudding or something like that. Don't get me wrong, I enjoy watching the baking programme. Some of them are very clever, but I like anybody who can even ice a cake. You know, I mean, I love watching the Food Channel. I could watch that for ages. They, they create these things. And I think, if, if, if I could cook, I'd probably be dangerous. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. I'm only laughing. I'm not laughing at you, I promise you. Well, some of you I am. And uh, it's a lady, and she decides she wants to get two pillows... And uh, she wanted, her name's Yasmin, she wanted them for, for her bed. And they're lovely pillows. I mean, they really are lovely. She saw a picture of them. Uh, they're four pounds a pair. She wanted them for the bed. So she, she ordered, she thought they were fairly cheap, actually. She found them on eBay and thought four pounds for these beautiful pillows is lovely. And she thought they'd, they'd really go well on the bed. And they were like a damask, silvery sort of thing. When they arrived, they were, um, <laughs> they were for a doll's house. They were pillows for a doll's house, and they measured about, I think, three inches by an inch and a half. <laughs> so they fitted in a little jiffy bag, and so she took them out, and uh, and she went, what's that? And they went, well, they're for doll's houses. I mean, what do you think? Four quid for a pair of damask. Don't be so silly. And so she's got them, and so she tweeted them on Facebook, and it went viral. More than 100,000 likes. She said, it's gone crazy. People in America have been stealing my pictures and passing them off as their own. All my mates were taking selfies with the pillows. I, 
I've had people messaging me asking if they can buy them, but I'm keeping them now. They're famous. They're sitting proudly on top of my cabinet. They look quite cute, actually. I always wanted a doll's house. I don't know what that says about me, but I've always... What? I mean, that's quite... You know, what are you saying? Stereotypical boys have to play with butch trucks and stuff like that. No, no, no. I could have had a doll's house. But when I, when I say a doll's house, I mean a big one that the whole front opens up, double-fronted, electric, running water in the bathrooms. And, um, yeah, you can buy these things now. Doll's houses, proper doll's houses, they're not meant for children. They're meant for adults. And you buy their furniture. There's a place in Epping, it's a charity shop. They sell big doll's houses, which you can paint yourself or buy them painted up, and then you pull open the double front, and they've got electric in there, and bathrooms, and wallpaper, and little books, and, oh, you can go mad for this sort of stuff. And I thought that'd be quite a nice idea. Provided it was in sort of scale, I would uh, I would go for it. Steve Allen on LBC. There's an Australian national anthem. He said it's uh, football, meat pies, kangaroos, and Holden cars. What are Holden cars? Are they, uh, is that something... Brand a car. They're very popular. Oh, you'd say Ford. Right. And uh, think think Chav, he says. He also says Lamingtons are just usually a dried up bit of old stale sponge cake covered in chocolate dipped in coconut. But they like that. They like that. He has, you, you've got no taste at all, says the producer. Who knows? I mean, he's been brought up on, on things like that. He absolutely, he sort of, he sort of loves it. That's it. It's a little bit of home for him. If, if I produced a picture of Lamingtons now, we'd probably have tears. We'd probably have a little bit of a welling up and, yeah, Steve, oh, I miss everybody back home. We get, oh, one of my Lamingtons and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, give them a pork pie and you get it practically thrown back in your face again. Uh, there's a, a coffee shop in uh, Feather Lane. Uh, called Department of Coffee and Social Affairs. They sell lamingtons. Are they are they genuine or are they just the English version? I, I couldn't bear to have the English version of it. My mother used to do uh, coconut pyramids. And that was a sponge in the shape of a pyramid. And then what she'd do is she'd paint it with apricot jam. I don't know why apricot jam is supposed to be anything else. Apricot jam. And then roll it in desiccated coconut. And we said, and that was that was quite nice. And we used to call them coconut pyramids. So the lamingtons were like a sponge, obviously made in a tray, which was then sort of coated in chocolate, I'm assuming. Are they chocolate all round them? Or is it just chocolate on the top? Oh, it's all round. So in other words, you'd have to make these things, then cut them into squares, and then dip them in chocolate, and then dip them in the coconut, and then put them down to set. Far more complicated, I think. Far more. But that's, that's what it is. Steve, Tesco's in Earl's Court sell Aussie food, says Jamie. Well, they would do. There's a big, uh, there's a big contingent, isn't there, of... Um, of Australians in Earl's Court. They seem to like the boho chic. They like that. Uh, just going to Tesco, pick up some lamingtons. You'd want to come with us, Steve? And uh, we thought we'd get some tinnies and have a barbie this afternoon. And I always go, thank you, no. I'd rather go home and eat in a proper restaurant. I don't enjoy eating food outside. You can never tempt me with a barbecue. I'm never that excited by them. <laughs> I sort of, I'd rather cook the stuff and serve it to people than actually eat it. I really, I, I, I just don't do the eating of it at all. So strawberries should be the in thing. You should be getting, seriously, a bumper crop of strawberries in. They've said that uh, it's good strawberry. They reckon there's about £600 million worth of strawberries out there which are coming in. So there should be no excuse today. Paul Cooper will have, he will be overburdened with strawberries and you should buy them. Because strawberries either with, I'll tell you what's delicious. I, I like strawberries either with condensed milk. Do you have that in Australia? Condensed milk? Evaporated milk? You have that in tins? Carnation? Something like that, is it? Probably have your own version. A bit difficult trying to talk to him at the moment. He's, uh, it's what, sorry? It's, is is yeah. 
Sometimes I can't understand a word. He, he, the, 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 earlier on, we were talking about something, uh, and he said, oh, the Sarvo, which is, luckily I know that, because we used to have Australian management, and it means this afternoon. And obviously, they, they sort of abbreviate things down, so as opposed to saying, this afternoon, which is Terry Bridge, they go, uh, the Sarvo. And all their words meld into one, everything. The Sarvo, Lamington's, Barbie. It all just, it's one sentence. There's no exclamation marks, apostrophes, or anything like that. It's the Sarvo, Barbie, Lamington's. And that could be anything at all. It could be, I'm wearing a jumper today and going off to smoke a joint. It doesn't, you know, we don't know. We have no idea. But, <laughs> uh, Carla says, handsome is as handsome does. I don't know where that came. Is that Shakespeare or something? Handsome is as handsome does. Not you, me. Honestly, just like to jump on everybody's bandwagon. You know, oh, they must be talking about me. He's so vain. Seriously, I've, ne- I've never met an Australian who wasn't vain. So, you know, and the cross between Australian and Irish, even worse. They're so vain. He spends, I mean, he cannot walk past a window without, without catching a glimpse of himself. He, I've seen him doing it in the office when he sort of, and, and he sort of checks himself out every so often. How do I look? I'm looking pretty cool. Whereas, you know, I don't. That's not me. Uh, who's been offered two weeks? Now, I'm not laying into you. I'm being nice to you. You, you want to hear it when I really lay into you. <laughs> You're never here for that bit. Those are all the highlights I've got time for for this morning. And don't forget, I'm here from five tomorrow morning, and I'm here with your 4am spike all next week too.